and it was about the same age difference as Moritz and me. So when I heard about Moritz's death and went to the funeral and heard other people talk about him, it brought back a lot of memories of my brother Dylan dying. I'm going to try right now, guys, would you, to reflect on my sadness and what it is trying to tell me. So, right now, I'm going to have a conversation with my sadness. It's your host, Hannah Pillow, and you're listening to Refreshingly Human, a podcast that is all about shared connections, human experiences, and finding that line of humanity by sharing our stories. This month, we have been sharing a lot of stories on our emotions, how we had to feel the feels to get to the other side. And I think that we have really been seeing how... We all feel a wide range of emotions, right guys? Well, today I am going to be talking to you about sadness. And you know what? I really avoided writing this episode for you guys. I left it until the very last minute. I am usually like a type AAA person, if such a type exists, because I have my podcast written, recorded, edited way in advance and ready to go. But this one I put off to the last possible moment. Why? Well, simply because sadness is an emotion that I struggle with. Um, it makes me very uncomfortable. And it's an emotion that I do not really like to live besides. But... It is an important one. And I mean, honestly, all our emotions are important. That's kind of been the whole point of this entire season, right? So for me, I am going to talk about sadness and how that word is underrated and why it's so important to feel it. So when I was 11, I lost my mum to breast cancer. And I was 11, going on 12, so I was getting ready to start secondary school literally four weeks later. And to be honest, I didn't really know how to deal with the emotion. I didn't understand the importance and significance of sadness. And you're probably thinking, but isn't that grief? It is grief, but it's still sadness because you have lost something that was once there. That happiness has been taken away from you, so now you become sad. And I didn't process grief, or let's say sadness for this case, for about 15, no, 16 years. I just did not process it. I just carried on with life because life keeps going. And then one day I just had a breakdown at work and I was quite lucky that I had my manager there. And the key thing she said to me was, you have to deal with the sadness. You have to accept it and not ignore it. And I realised that once I accepted the sadness, I was able to actually be happy and not sad anymore. And at first, it just left me destroyed and just hopeless because sadness wasn't something I had dealt with to that level, to that depth. So it's just so important that we deal with it because if we don't, it can take us 
down a dark, dark tunnel or re-emerge later in life like it did for me. I'm going to start by just telling you a little bit about why sadness makes me so uncomfortable. So I'm a person that suffered and still partly lives with anxiety and depression. I say partly lives with because I've learned to manage my anxiety and my depression and it's a lot easier to live with it now than it was in the past. Um, And I think for me personally, it can become very hard for me to separate that feeling of sadness from the lingering feeling of depression. Um, You know, there was like a long, long period of my life where I would cry myself to sleep like almost every night. And honestly, guys, I felt like I had cried myself dry in my early years of my life. Um, It's insane. And I'll just paint you a little picture. It was a time of my life where I just felt so incredibly lonely. And I felt unloved. And honestly, I was not unloved. I was a very, very loved person throughout my life. I'm, I'm very blessed to say this. And it was not love that I was yearning. It was acceptance. And that's a whole other podcast, guys, how love and acceptance are completely different things, right? But either way, um, I was... I was feeling so incredibly lonely at that point in my life. And have you ever really felt like that? You know, that even though we are surrounded by tons and tons of people, you still feel so lonely. The loneliness had crippled me to a point of crippling sadness and a lifetime of lingering depression. Now, we mentioned in the episode Feel the Feels with Jimmy Petruzzi that there's a distinct difference between sadness and depression. And I know this, but as a person that lives with depression, any type of sadness makes me uncomfortable. And I'm not really sure if this makes any sense to you guys. A few years ago, when I was a physicist, I received a message from a friend. He said, have you heard the news? I said, no, what news? He said, oh, it's about Moritz. Do you know him? I said, yeah, I know Moritz. What's happened? He died. I said, what? He said, there was a climbing accident and he's dead. Now, this friend who got in contact, he didn't actually know that he even knew Moritz. I mean, he knew that I'd heard of him. But I'd actually known him for quite a long time and I'd spent quite a lot of time with him. And it was very shocking. Now, he died in the climbing accident and he loved to climb. He was very good at climbing. So there was a big shock there. But something that He'd love to do so much that he was so good at doing would actually cause his death. It was very unexpected. You know, accidents happen like that. You try to stop them happening, but you can't always be successful. When, when you take a high-risk activity like that, there is always the risk of injury or death. So I organised going to his funeral with some friends. Um, and when I went to his funeral, I, I knew a few people there. But I'd never met anybody in his family. And so it felt a little bit like I was encroaching on their space. But his death was also very important to me for another reason. About 10 years before, uh, my own brother had died. He'd actually took his own life. And he was about the same age difference as Moritz and me. So when I heard about Moritz's death and went to the funeral and heard other people talk about him. 
it brought back a lot of memories of my brother Dylan dying and the things people said and the way it felt and I felt a lot of things a second time around that I'd already felt about Dylan and a few things that I'd felt for the first time after seeing it from a different point of view and on top of that I felt the loss of Moritz as well. He was a very promising physicist, he's very talented in terms of both experiment and getting people involved in physics. It's very unusual to be talented in more than one area of physics and he was. So to see such a promising life cut short made it even more sad. But there was something very moving about being there at the funeral of another family, paying your respects to a friend who died and seeing another family go through what I'd been through about a decade before and imagining what other people were thinking when they'd seen me at my brother's funeral. A sadness like that isn't something that ever goes away completely. It comes back from time to time and you can't really control when it does sometimes. The sadness that you feel many years later can be very raw. It can be a kind of sadness you've not felt the first time around. It can give context to the deep sadness you felt the first time around and make you understand it a bit better. But that doesn't make it any easier to deal with. There's no time limit on grief. And one of the things I've found is that my feelings of grief are usually the same. Maybe there's a dream or an anniversary or I meet somebody that knew Dylan or somebody else uh, and, and we share memories, share stories. But there's always the possibility that there's going to be an unexpected reminder of the grief that can bring up a new kind of sadness that you weren't prepared for. Sharing sadness with other people at Moritz's funeral helped, but it also pushed me deeper into the sadness I was feeling. Sometimes that's all you can do with bereavement, is experience it in its full force. Sadness is sadly an emotion I try to avoid, or I don't actually feel it very well. So this year has been incredibly stressful for so many of us, right? And I think it is the most recent example of me feeling sad. I often tell you guys stories about my past because I have a very kick-ass backstory, right? <laughs> However, right now, um, we have so much going on right now, right? I mean, we are living in a worldwide pandemic and this year... It's just been insane. Um, you know, it, for me, it was the year that I had to renew my visa in the UK, which is just my luck, right? The year that we have a global pandemic is the year I have to renew my visa. And it's also the year that my husband and I tried to buy a house and that ended up in disappointment. And then it's also the year that I was supposed to get promoted at work, but then my work turned out to have made an error and they could not offer me the position. Bloody idiots. Anyway, 
And uh, it's the year that I also did not get to go and see my family due to the pandemic and due to my visa taking so bloody long to process. And I feel like every part of my body is screaming out in so much of frustration. But beneath all of that frustration and anger lingers sadness. And I know that the sadness is there because this whole year... I feel like I've been waiting for something good to happen, waiting for good news, but the good news, it never came. And instead I was dealt disappointment over disappointment. And I, I, I feel like I'm doing all the work and everything I can within my power only to be met with disappointment. And the sadness lingers underneath. And I knew this because every time I got any disappointing news, I felt like I wanted to cry. And one night I was like in so much distress and I was talking to my coach and she was like, okay, Hannah, take a deep breath. And I did. And it released some tears. So, yes, I am currently going through sadness right now. How many of of you out there are with me? You know, it's tears of frustration in this crappy year, right? And... As a really, really difficult emotion for me to deal with, I do have some strategies that help me get through this. And, you know, there was a day that I allowed myself to just stay in bed all day, eat ice cream in bed. <laughs> Not sure how healthy that approach is. Um, uh, but then I also had a, a Hannah day where, you know, I think I mentioned Hannah days often. I do things for myself. I took a long walk, had a lot, a hot bath, did a very long meditation. But I want to practice what I preach with you guys right now. So in light of the season and of feeling our feels uh, and learning what they mean, learning to sit with them, I'm going to try right now, guys, with you to reflect on my sadness and what it is trying to tell me. So right now, I'm going to have a conversation with my sadness. <clears throat> This might be a bit of a weird thing to do, but let's go. So I'm going to play the part of sadness and myself. I'm going to speak out loud to my sadness. So maybe I'll change my voice a little. Hopefully I can pull this off, guys. (laughs) Okay, let's try. Let's try. Hmm. Look at me, Hannah. Look at me. Why are you ignoring me? Dude, I'm looking. I'm looking. Why are you ignoring me? I'm just trying to make this year work and you're just getting in my way. I am not. I am not getting in the way. Listen to me. Fine. What do you want? I want you to let go. Take a deep breath. Let go of everything you think you are waiting for. Okay, okay. Deep breath. Now, how do you feel? I'm not sure. Try again. How do you feel? Um, I feel relief. Yes, relief. That's what I'm trying to tell you. I don't get it. You are fighting me all this time. And all I've been trying to tell you was to give in to disappointment. 
don't fight it. Yes, good news might come. But you waiting for it is what's causing you disappointment. And you have just been ignoring me the whole time. Now just let go. Wow. <laughs> okay, I'm done talking to myself on this podcast like a crazy person, but wow. Guys, that was seriously helpful. That short conversation with my sadness actually made me realize so much about what I've been fighting and avoiding this whole time. And I truly do feel more relieved and I feel lighter. Phew. This whole season I've been telling you to have a conversation with your emotions and now I did it live for you on this podcast. Have you ever tried it? Let me know if you have. Let me know how it works out for you guys. I want to give a quick shout out to my regular listeners. I see you there every week in the numbers, every month, every week. I know who some of you are, but there are a lot of you I have not yet met. So if you want, drop me a message on social media, introduce yourself. I would love to know who you are and I would love to have a conversation with you um, and even get any feedback of what you would like me to talk about as well. Again, thank you so much for your ongoing support. It really, really keeps me motivated to keep doing this for you. Next week, uh, we'll be sharing some amazing stories about love. I like saying it like that. Love. It is an emotion. Um, or is it? Is it an emotion? We kind of had this debate with Jimmy Petruzzi on our episode, Feel the Feels. Is love an emotion? How does it feel? And what role does it play in our lives? Find out next Monday. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Refreshingly Human with myself, Hannah Pillow. It's been great having you join me today. If you liked my content, please do share it with a friend you think would find it interesting and subscribe to the show as well. I would love to have you listening in to many episodes to come. You can find me on the socials. I'm on Facebook as Refreshingly Human and Instagram as Hannah Pillow. See you next time.